Welcome to the Superpowers for Good Show. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe, and I am excited to have with us today Angela Barbash with Revalue. And I, I am just so excited because she's one of the relative few investment advisors that works primarily with uh, people of relatively modest means, helping them invest in crowdfunding assets and other local investment strategies rather than focusing capital through Wall Street's traditional channel. So this is going to be an exciting conversation. You don't want to miss it. Angela, welcome to the show. We're thrilled to have you. I am so delighted to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, the pleasure is all ours. The pleasure is all ours. Uh, tell us about Revalue and your work. Yes, I've been a financial advisor for 20 years. This upcoming year will be my 20 year anniversary of getting licensed. And for the first half of my career, I spent that time at a large firm on uh, what is called the broker dealer side, which people in our industry will will know what that means. Um, you know, kind of confusing to explain it all to investors. Uh, it's one of the many things about our industry that is confusing. Um, but all that meant is that I wasn't able to do the kind of work that I do today. So about 10 years ago, uh, we, myself and a few others, started Revalue as an, a registered investment advisory firm. And they, we did that specifically to serve investors who wanted to divest out of Wall Street and into Main Street and uh, investors of all shapes and sizes and portfolio net worth income uh, spectrum. We didn't want to serve just high net worth uh, folks. So some people come to us and they're excited about taking it all out of Wall Street and they are trying to figure out how to do that effectively and efficiently. And some people come to us and they it's the first time they've ever heard that they can do this. And we are their their gateway into this whole world. And so we we can you know take them by the hand and take them step by step through the process of what this even looks like and how it is like or unlike other investments that they may have experienced in the past. And I think what's particularly unique about the work that we do is not only are we helping them learn and grow as investors and figure out what that path looks like, but we uh, wrap the whole uh, thing in financial planning work. And so really giving them the confidence to take those actions so that um, they know how this piece relates to other goals that they have and other pieces of the overall plan. So that's in a nutshell what we do. We do a lot of other ecosystem development support work, um, just making our contributions, just like you, into the broader world around us to build other professionals up as well, so that it's uh, it's not just um, revalue out there doing these things. Yeah, it, it really is uh, amazing work that you're doing, and I, I really am excited to learn more about it. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you get started with people of more modest means. Uh, I, you know, I think we all have some sense of how the rich invest, uh, but I think a lot of us with more modest means are nervous about investing. It's scary, the whole, just even the word. And we start thinking about things like due diligence, or, or if we don't even know that term, we might think about, well, how do we research and choose investments if we're not using a, a mutual fund that we can buy on Wall Street. Help us think, 
How does that all start? Where do you begin? Mm. I strongly believe that all action in this realm of change uh, really starts with education. And whether an investor has got a million dollars or they have a thousand dollars to their name, uh, they they often are both starting in the same place in terms of of lack of awareness or lack of education and and that need to educate themselves first. And 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 I think that's um, that's one of the myths out there is that just you know, for folks that have more wealth that they are more knowledgeable about these things or they're less intimidated by the word investing or the terms due diligence. And often that's not the case at all. So uh, for us, we really treat everyone the same. Education is the first, uh, the first kind of waypoint in the journey. And how we do that at Revalue is we have an intro to community investing course that all clients are required to take in order to get access to our data rooms. We have two data rooms. One is for accredited only high net worth investors or experienced investors. And one is what we call equal access, which means it's open to all of our clients, all of uh, the investors, regardless of their wealth or income status. And, And that intro to community investing course is is meant to be both challenging and simple at the same time that we don't want them to be so intimidated that they uh, turn away from the work and get discouraged uh, or overwhelmed but we also don't want it to be so simplistic that they come into the work with rose-colored glasses about how easy it's going to be or um, or how quickly they're going to be able to deploy this money. So it's really about setting proper expectations for them and helping them have broader awareness of terms that they're going to encounter, uh, deal terms, the actual use of the word terms, um, but also terminology that they're going to encounter that maybe they've never encountered before. So Education first, that financial planning and kind of personal guidance second, like how much is appropriate for someone who might only have a thousand dollars to their name? How much could they really invest in community investments if they didn't want to put the entire thousand dollars at risk, for instance? And uh, then how does that get how does that amount of money get diversified across what kinds of investments and uh, really going back to finance 101 or investments 101 asset allocation and diversification is the way to manage risk it's not about picking the winners it's not about making predictions about which companies or investment funds are going to succeed and which ones are not because that's really really difficult People that do that for a living still get it wrong. So it's a lot of pressure for investors to put on themselves to think that they're not going to get it wrong sometimes. Um, So I would make the case that it's virtually impossible to get it right or get it wrong, but how we can help them mitigate that risk of one investment succeeding another one not is to make sure that they they understand that spreading their, their funds around a bit And that becomes challenging for folks that might only have $1,000. And so now you're looking for an investment opportunity that has a minimum investment of maybe $100 or even $50. And those are uh, less likely to come by. So then we're opening their awareness of what platforms might they go to to find those kinds of investments. So it's a a whole process um, that I could talk about for a very long time, but we're not going to do that today. (laughs) Well, you know, 
it, it is kind of an amazing thing. And, and when we think about private investing, we oftentimes think about uh, things that are a little more venture capital-like. We think about investing in startups that might go huge someday and make us rich. And of course, um, that's a legitimate place to invest, but it is kind of scary uh, for novice investors. And so some are inclined to kind of stay out of the whole pool uh, when there's a shallow end uh, to the pool, right? And uh, there are a lot of established small businesses who are, are raising money uh, using debt models that provide immediate cash flow, right? Are, are, do you uh, help people look at those deals? And how do you think about all of that? That yeah. portfolio mix. Yeah, yeah. So we break down investments, uh, community investments or solidarity economy investments is another term that is um, often used by our niche of the finance sector. Uh, we think about them in um, the following categories community equity, which are ownership positions in funds or individual companies, real estate, which has got a whole breadth and depth of options in there uh, for um, uh, you know, taking properties off the speculative market, making it available for workforce housing, things like that. Uh, CDFI notes, which is community development finance institution. So letting another organization get those dollars down into community. Uh, community fixed income, which is lending to individual businesses or to funds that are not CDFIs, like community loan funds. And then lastly, personal loans, which I often does not get talked about in these spaces, but the ability of some investors to refinance student loan debt or mortgage, provide more private mortgages to other investors or other um, people uh, is a pretty powerful opportunity. And that's a more personal relationship-based kind of opportunity. And so for us, we we have to be efficient with our time. There are an amazing array of investment opportunities out there from individual companies on your main street to national funds. And uh, no one firm really can cover all of those investment opportunities that might be of interest to their clients. So we have made a strategic decision to focus our energy on funds, community funds, could be equity or, or loan or real estate that are hitting the value sets that most of our clients have. And then we offer to our clients that they can submit a research request if they find something in their own backyard that is really just of interest to them. And we'll do what's called a quick scan of it, which means we'll read everything soup to nuts. We'll send them back a quick analysis that says, hey, this is what we saw. This is what we liked. Here's the red flags we noticed. Here's questions you're going to want to go ask them. And if you do decide to invest in this thing, this is what we would recommend that you limit your dollar amount exposure to uh, that would help you mitigate your risk. And that's all congruent with their investment policy statement, which we've already done all that work for them up to this point. So, uh, so that's how we sort of balance the, the demand and excitement of our clients with the massive amount of investment opportunities out there in the world around us. That's very, very cool. Uh, it just, um, 
fun work, uh, and it's exciting to see what you're doing there, trying to help people really shift their focus from from Wall Street to Main Street, and in a you know a more constructive way, a more sustainable way. So uh, I really appreciate you taking a minute to talk to us. Um, let me just take a minute and and say that we're we're going to take a pause here uh, for some quick sponsor messages, and then. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk to Angela. Angela is uh, Angela Barbash, the uh, founder of Revalue, and we're going to be talking to her about her superpowers when we come back. So don't miss it. Stick around. Don't miss the opportunity to hear from crowdfunding luminary Sherwood Neese of Crowdfund Capital Advisors at the next Super Crowd Hour webinar on October 18th at 1 Eastern. Woody will share the implications of reaching the $2 billion funding milestone in the regulation crowdfunding market. Register today at thesupercrowd.com. Want to learn from the world's great changemakers? Find your superpower. Subscribe to the Superpowers for Good newsletter at superpowersforgood.com. Make your strengths into superpowers that will change the world. Join the super crowd today. Superpowers4good.com. Julianne Meyer, the host of Own Your Wellness, and you can watch my show on Mondays and Thursdays from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific on Achieve TV right here on E360 TV. Remember, there's more to health and wellness than broccoli and burpees. Welcome back, everyone. I'm excited to have with us today Angela Barbash, the CEO of Revalue, and, and we're going to be talking to Angela about her superpowers now. Angela, uh, you have really done some amazing things in your career. Uh, you're very accomplished, and uh, I'm especially thrilled to see your work in social impact and community investing. And um, as you think about all you've accomplished, what do you see as your superpower? It's a great question that I feel like we don't get asked very often, um, we being, you know, all of us in this ecosystem, these change makers, I would say that I have two superpowers. The first is that I have the ability to create healing spaces for both investors and for my fellow colleagues here at Revalue and elsewhere around the industry. And it took me a long time to realize uh, why I've been successful in all the things that I've attempted to do that were way out on a limb or we were ahead of the market in um, in the movement. You know, we really stepped out and did this work 10 years ago. And, you know, we're just now hitting the crossing the two billion dollar mark uh, on reg CF, you know, investments. And um, and it's really because I I bring this uh, this openness to the relationships that I've had the privilege of working with that allows people to bring their full selves into the space and to find some solace and healing from an industry that is incredibly abusive to both consumers and professionals. And I have now been working on honing those skills over the last few years. And then I think the second superpower that I have is um, almost a kind of uh, blind uh, ignorance to uh, limitations in that I am willing to go out on a limb and say, 
hey, why doesn't this part of the puzzle, why doesn't this part of the puzzle exist yet? And uh, if there's energy around that piece of the puzzle being put into place, then I'm willing to lead the charge to make that happen. And so an example of that that I can point to right now is uh, within our community of peer advisors from around the country and a few people internationally. Um, We have about 200 advisor friends that all meet monthly, um, a large portion of us meet monthly. And we're very active on a Slack channel in a community called Radical Planners. And in that community, we identified um, some pretty big blind spots within the financial planning software that is currently on the market that uh, that makes it difficult for us to serve these kinds of clients that are wanting to redistribute all their wealth or divest off of Wall Street. And so we've got these very acute pain points and we want to do something about it. And I offered to lead the charge to make that happen. And we've now drafted a request list that we're all going to sign off on as firms and We're going to take that with our collective buying power to the top software providers and see if we can instigate change. And there's a lot of other things we're doing to train within our community and create best practices, uh, guidelines that can be shared that firms can adopt to really leverage all the learning that us and others have done up until this point. And I think that willingness to go out on that limb to be the only one standing out there, one of very few standing out there to wave a flag, I think is, um, it's like a level of chutzpah that, that I'm grateful I have and can bring to others so that they can benefit from it. That, that is a powerful super, superpower. I, I, I'm especially intrigued though by your uh, ability, your superpower around healing spaces. I wonder, can you give us an example of something you think you've accomplished or done or a result that's come out of that superpower? Mm, yeah. Um, it is not uncommon for me to experience and, and therefore other people on our team here at Revalue to experience this because they've learned from my work or learned kind of the ways that I've done things, it's not uncommon for us to experience an initial meeting with a potential client. So this is a half hour call where that person breaks down in tears halfway through the call. And, uh, and I think that that is, is such a stark example of the power that healing spaces can uh, give to someone else who is just, you know, thirsty for a space where they can come in and be themselves and be acknowledged for, you know, how this whole economic system has harmed them and harmed others that they love. And, uh, and so that's an example of, of how, you know, it's, it's hard to convey, like, how do I do that? But I think that I think coming to the table with vulnerability, being willing to share my own story of of you know economic struggle and you know my family's backstories of poverty and things like that, be, being willing to share those things and level setting with somebody right when they walk in the door um, is is powerful and not a lot of people I think do that, and so that's that's one outcome I can point to and and 
often those people then become our clients to the degree that we are now closed for new business because we we uh, have we have almost 200 people in our community, uh, our client community at this point. So we we're doing kind of measured growth, make sure that we don't the community doesn't outgrow our ability to serve them too quickly. That's fabulous. I, I love that. It, it's great to hear that you're you're succeeding so well uh, with this model because I, I love what you're doing. Uh, learning to create healing spaces in the way that you do strikes me as being a real challenge. I wonder if you would just take a, a minute or two and just give us some insights into how we can learn because all of us exist in a world where uh, you know, we've all just been through the pandemic, kind of still going through it, uh, kind of, sort of. And we're, and all of us know people who've been traumatized by one thing or another. How do we create, how do you teach people to create that healing space? Hmm. I think it starts with having empathy for ourselves. And, uh, you know, it's really nearly impossible to create a healing safe space for other people when we don't feel safe and healed within ourselves. And so, you know, for me, that's a regular practice. Uh, every other week, I for the last three years, I've met with a coach, um, a shamanic coach, actually, and have I uh, have gone pretty deep into into sorting some things out within myself that were uh, affecting my ability to serve others. And I think that dedicated time and space, whether it's with a coach or with a, um, a religious community or a, even a non-religious a non community or a prayer practice or a meditation practice, whatever that is, um, that, that we can lean on to center ourselves and to spend some time to look inward and to deconstruct the armor that a lot of us have had to put on to face the world around us and everything it throws at us, um, to be able to deconstruct all of that and, and get to a place of uh, kind of quiet contentment is I think incredibly powerful and it allows us to then show up uh, with um, more than enough space for someone else's pain that they have to walk in the door with that we need to then be empathetic to and uh, and allow them to just get it out sometimes or um, allow them to 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 explain why they have the pain or whatever it is that they need. You know, some people don't even realize how much pain they're in until they're many meetings into their work with us and then they start to release it all. And so I think for somebody listening to this, if, if, uh, if you would like to create more healing spaces within your organization or within your, your peer, of prof your class professionals or your, your friends or family, I would encourage you to, to identify a practice that gets you to a place of, of quiet contemplation and, and looking inward to, uh, to do that self healing work first. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I really appreciate you sharing that because it's something I think we all need to learn a little bit about and, and uh, all of us should be doing a little more of, I think. So I'm grateful for your sharing on that. Uh, before we wrap up, would you take just a minute, 
quick minute and tell us how people can learn more about Revalue and how they can connect with you. Yeah. So the best way to learn more about us is to go to revalueinvesting.com and to go to our stories page, which is where we post a blog post every few months or so. Uh, you can also just do a good Google search on Revalue or on my name, and you'll find a lot of other podcast interviews or articles that we've participated in, some research uh, reports and work that we've done with other institutions. Uh, we are not active on social media. We've um, made a decision to cut social media out of our lives and out of our business by and large over the last few years. Uh, so you will not find us there. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, we are so grateful, grateful for your time, Angela, and grateful for all of your work. And we wish you every success in the great work that you're doing to change the world and help people invest more efficiently in their own communities. Thank you so much, Devin. It was a pleasure to be here. All righty. Let's do some good. <laughs>